the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You're lucky, Dean. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. Today we're looking at uh, candidates uh, for the Flint City Council, that uh, primary election coming up August 3rd, and we're uh, talking to candidates from the 6th Ward, and uh, we continue now with Part 2 of my conversation with one of those candidates, Chris Del Maroney, who joins me by phone. Hi, Chris. Welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Very good. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, go go ahead, Chris. Uh, as we rolled uh, over from the the second hour into the third hour, you were talking about uh, um, economic development. I think. Yeah. So uh, you know, in in I believe the sixth ward, there are many opportunities for for small businesses. And I, I think it just needs to be pointed out to the community, like you know, like I just you know said earlier before break. There, uh, you know, we have but one restaurant in the sixth ward. The, no laundromats, dry cleaners, and you know, if you wanted to make a copy of something, it's hard to find somewhere to go in the sixth ward. And so people, you know, they, they end up out at Flint Township on Linden Road, you know, making copies, uh, you know, at a copy center out there. And uh, so I, it's important to have someone on council who can recognize the, the situation that we're in, recognize uh, the needs, and then, uh, you know, work on implementing them to attract businesses, uh, you know, to the Sixth Ward and the city of Flint at large. Um, One of the uh, things that got a lot of attention in the, in the news recently was the uh, city council's negotiations with the uh, P- 
people who were collecting the trash at Republic, and their contract oh. ran out, and negotiations broke down in the um, to to reinstitute a contract. They ended up with a part with a uh, temporary contract for 90 days, and then it looked like. Uh, Republic doesn't really want the gig anymore, and several candidates for city council have suggested that maybe the city should look at bringing trash collection in-house. Um, do you think it should be outsourced? Should, should it be brought in-house? Um, you know, this might be a short-term, long-term thing, but, but who do you think should be collecting the trash in Flint? Well, uh, you know, it, it seemed to, to work pretty good when it was in-house, uh, you know, and and I'm always for jobs, fighting for jobs. I, I retired from General Motors. I was a UAW member there. My grandfather was in the sit-down strike, you know, back in 36 and 37. So I, I understand all that. Uh, I And where the failure is, is that uh, those bids were opened improperly, not in front of the public, which they're required to do. Uh, but no one has done a cost, let me say, a cost-benefit analysis on is it less expensive in-house or out-house. So even before they put the bids out, uh, the bid out for the second time, um, they should have been doing a cost-benefit analysis. Of, you know, can we do it cheaper in-house? Is there a different way that we can tweak the contract? maybe through a, a 401k plan for the employees instead of a, uh, uh, let me say, a traditional pension uh, where there are uh, long-term legacy costs. Uh, so all of that could have been looked at, but, you know, unfortunately it wasn't. And so now we're into another contract with another vendor. I'm even hearing that the rates may have to go up uh, because, the, you know, fewer bidders and, and they think it's just, you know, that that's what will happen with, We'll have uh, an increase in our garbage collection, which is on our tax bill. You know, I I sit on the city of Flint's board of review. I'm the chairperson of that, and I understand taxes and how they affect our community. Uh, our street light uh, uh, service fee was was never an itemized uh, line. It was it came out of general funds. Uh, garbage was uh, there were mills on it, but uh, a millage on it. Uh, for that, but they took that out and made it a special assessment. So, so here we're paying, you know, uh, well over two hundred, nearly three hundred dollars between lights and uh, street lights and garbage, and uh, we never used to have to pay that. Uh, you know, uh, let me say directly. And what they did is they backfilled uh, that millage for the garbage with something else. Uh, we pay on our property taxes more to have our trash picked up than we give to the police on our tax bill to pick up criminals off our streets. Something to me seems to be fundamentally wrong with that. So, yeah, I'm in favor of, uh, you know, uh, in-house, uh, if we can afford it, uh, you know, uh, obviously I think the service will be better um, if it were in-house. Is that... But, to... uh, Go ahead, If Chris. I can also mention that, in that new contract, there was a waste of over $300,000, which I was vehemently against and voiced my concern over it. The city of Flint is paying $300,000 for three months for a republic to bring in employees from outside of Flint to live in Flint to pay for their uh, hotel, motel expense and transportation getting here. 
and no one on council asked the fundamental question of how many employees are you bringing in and where will they be staying? Nothing like that whatsoever. I think we could have found some people to work in Flint that live in Flint where we wouldn't have to have paid their housing and paid them a, you know, a fair wage from Republic and have them collect our trash instead of bringing people in from outside. But, you know, the money's there for all these services, but the city's wasting it, you know. Uh, the Genesee Towers, uh, that's, you know, that was like a well over $7 million fiasco there. Well, don't uh, get me started on the make. towers, because <laughs> that, 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 we know, could do a I whole show even, on I that. won't even mention Auto World, Windmill Place, Water Street, <laughs> the Hyatt Regency. We, we could I do a whole show no. on that alone. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you think the uh, disparity between uh, what we're spending for trash pickup and what we're spending for um, uh, criminal pickup could be equalized by the presence presence of a helicopter patrolling Flint. Well, you know the helicopter. <laughs> and I didn't mean to ask that in such a facetious way, but but a lot of people have weighed in on the pros and cons of the yeah. of the. So chiefs you know, idea. there is a use for the helicopter. It needs to. Uh, the questions that need to be asked is. Is it, affordable? is it affordable? Is it sustainable? What do we do after spending that money? I think it's $300,000 for a helicopter for three months. What do we do after that? And quite frankly, you know, our budget's just out of, for lack of a better word, out of whack. Uh, they're, 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 you know, dipping into, let me say, a rainy day fund to balance it. And what do we do next year and the year after? Fortunately, we have that ninety plus million dollars coming in, so you know that'll that is some time for the next two, three, maybe four years. But after that, we're we're structurally, um, you know, we're not going to have the money. We're we're spending more than we bring in, and that just can't continue. So we have real problems facing us. We have all we have the crime, the blight, and the economic development problem, but we have a problem of I'm going to call it cash flow. And uh, it, it's just not going to be there in a few years, and, and we need to talk about what are we going to do. What are we going to do when we have a smaller population? When we have fewer houses, that, mean that, that means that that light bill has to go up. You know, uh, We need to get Consumers Energy. Uh, Consumers has a program to change out the lights in all our houses, energy-efficient lights, but yet they won't change to all energy efficient lights out on our streets and they tell me well you know that would take up a lot of manpower and this and that and the other well yeah but look at the savings you don't have to build new power plants uh the residents will pay less on their utility bill you know as far as uh, the street light assessment but you know uh, I, i'm only a voice now i hope to have that vote come november but uh well, and, and on that subject, Chris, um, as you know, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and what we've been talking about. Um, how, how can people uh, find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future? Uh, do you have a website? Uh, I do not have a website. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I can give my phone number. Uh, we've been uh, interviewed by uh, several organizations. Uh, the uh, NAACP interviewed us, the League of Women Voters. So you can go there and, and see the candidates, uh, especially mine, can I add, uh, answer to questions in our background. 
Um, so it's uh, 411.org for the League of Women Voters, and it's the Flint uh, NAACP. I don't know, you know, uh, uh, their exact uh, website there. Um, well, I'm sure so people those can find it if they Google it. Sure. Uh, uh, um, Ron Ponger from MLive.com uh, uh, posed some questions to us. Uh, it, people can reach me at uh, my phone, 810-931-9442. And uh, I tell people you can call at any time. You're more likely to find me up than sleeping. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, the, I, and, you know, it, you can always go to the uh, city council meetings. They've all been on tape. So if you want to sit through 15 years of city council meetings, because I always address city council on the issues that are uh, either before them or that the public is facing uh, most of these issues we've talked about i've i've talked to council on them begged them not to do it but uh you know they thought the nine hundred thousand dollars was better to spend on helping tear down genesee towers and to put it into the neighborhoods for streets and curbs and sidewalks and all our other needs police fire well, Chris, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Any any final thoughts you want to share? Yeah, I, you know, I've represented people. I was a committee person when I was uh, a member. Oh, I still am a member of the UAW. I was on our um, political action committee. I was a chairperson of our civil rights committee while I was working. So I, I really understand I'm the third generation of my family to, to live in Flint, Michigan, uh, to own a house in Flint, Michigan. Uh, I've been in my current home here in the Sixth Ward for 25-plus years. Uh, I'm a lector at my church, St. John Vianney, here in Flint in the Sixth Ward. Uh, so I'm very well uh, in tune with what's going on in the Sixth Ward, its needs. And there are different areas of the Sixth Ward that, that have different needs, uh, you know. So uh, I look forward to serving. I have the time to put into this. Uh, I don't think anyone can question my attendance as to whether I'll be at city council meetings or not because I've been going for 15 years. Um, and, uh, you know, I, most of, uh, you know, the, the, the board of review, I was appointed to that uh, uh Mayor Sheldon Neely, uh, when he was uh, a council person, he appointed me to that, and I continued to stay on through Herb Winfrey, our current council person. So, you know, I, I, I think I have, uh, you know, the support of the, let me say, the community at large of what I'm doing. I, you know, uh, I enjoy, uh, you know, helping out. Let me say that. Well, Chris, thank you for spending this time with me this morning, and keep up the good work. Okay, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. And that uh, August 3rd is that primary. Again, my name's Chris Del Maroney. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. And once again, that was Chris Del Maroney. He's one of four candidates running for the open seat uh, in the 6th Ward for the Flint City Council. He just mentioned the uh, primary coming up August 3rd. It's just a couple of weeks away. And uh, we have uh, one more candidate we're going to talk to um, as, as we uh continue with the sixth ward on today's edition of the tom sumner program but first we're going to take a short break and uh 
then we'll be back with uh, more. If you're listening to us on 92.1 LPFM in Flint, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, 
Dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with my conversations with uh, candidates for the Flint City Council today from the 6th Ward, that uh, primary coming up August 3rd. And uh, my next guest joins me by phone, and uh, his name is uh, Teray King. Teray, welcome to the show. Hey, Mr. Summon, how you doing? Hey, I'm I'm doing great. I'm and I'm having a great time. Now, let me start out the way I've I've been talking with uh, other candidates, not just in the sixth ward, but in other wards as well in the August primary. With the reputation that the Flint City Council has for meetings that run into the wee hours of the morning and don't seem to to finish the agenda and don't get actions uh, done by the deadlines and and all of that kind of stuff the the vitriol the back and forth why would you want to run for the flint city council today that is a question i've been getting as i knock on doors I but, bet. Uh, mr sumner mr sumner i want to serve people i want to ensure that um, the residents of the sixth ward in the city of flint be taken care of. Um, we pay good taxes, they're paying dollars, and I want to make sure our tax, tax dollars are brought back to us in good service, Mr. Sumner. I'm running simply to serve. You know, um, regardless of the, the dysfunction or what the messy politics, some would call it, I want to serve people. I want to make sure they're taken care of. I want to give people hope and say, hey, you know, there may be some dysfunction, but, you know, that's Ray King guy. Hey, he's making, he's trying to make a difference. He, he answers the phone calls. He serves well. You know, I want people to believe in the city government. Well, let me ask you about that in a minute. But first, I want you to promise me that you'll call me Tom instead of Mr. Sumner. Nobody's going to know who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 Tom. It'd be hard for you, but I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you talk about, uh, when you talk about the city of Flint, if you look back, um, you know, 100-plus years, the city of Flint has gone through times when they had to go through big changes and they've the city has been a comeback city several times in its history but in the last few decades um we've seen job loss and and that led to uh revenue loss for city government and then ultimately led to emergency managers which some would say led to the flint water crisis and and then as we started literally digging our way out of the flint water crisis the pandemic came along and it just seems like uh you know hard times happen in the middle of hard times in flint um do you see a time do you think there's a time coming for flint when it can be a comeback city again and how does that come about and what does that look like good question um so i'm 19 years old and i've studied the history of flint i've been trying to understand and learn and um, understand the city and all the history shows we can come back we can and we're going to use this time right now we've been through a lot but the city of Flint is so resilient. We are 
no matter what comes our way, we always pop back up on top. So I'm I'm eager. I am ready to um, do the work necessary work. It would take hard work, Mr. Sumner. Tom, sorry. It would take hard work, and I'm ready to put in the um, necessary work. Um, I see it happening. It probably not be might not be two years from now, but it's a long process to go. I say ten years or five, six, seven, eight years. No matter how long it takes, I'm ready to put in the necessary work, and I'm ready to see help other people put in the necessary work because it takes all of us. Not one council person can say when I get in office, I'm going to make sure to see this plan. Oh, okay. You know, it takes all of us together. We as a community. You know, um, Helen Keller always said, she said, alone you can do so little, but together you can do so much. You know, so that's what I'm That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm ready to bring. Uh, the city of Flint is ready to come back, and we only can do it together. Do you think one person, um, you know, obviously there's going to be somebody new on the city council from the 6th Ward because uh, the the current council member, uh, Herb Winfrey, has decided not to run yeah. for re-election, so it's an open seat. But um, there's going to be somebody new. Uh, there are going to be at least two new people, and, you know, if any incumbents lose their seats, there might be uh, even more than two new people on the city council. But can one new council person impact the the behavior of their colleagues on the council and and make council run smoother um that's a lot to put on one person um it, it takes it all together you know um, one person i like to always say a person can ignite change but it takes all of us to keep throwing ourselves into it bearing our passion into it to keep the fire going you know um there are always going to be naysayers or people that do not always get along. But what I would like to propose is we compromise. We talk about our issues. We do not have to talk about it on live or on live television to show the community that we're dysfunctional or to show that we have disagreement. You know, I would like to see, well, how, how can we just bind together? How can we ensure our residents are served? Um, but I would not make that promise if I get on city council, I can change everybody because we are human beings. They're all elected officials. Not one council person is greater than the other. So um, really it is, is partnerships, respect. I will go in respecting everyone. Um, that's, where, that's where it starts is, is respect. So that's what I'm willing to do um, is respect others, talk to them. If we have a disagreement, let's talk about it. You know, but we don't have to get into um, messy things in that nature or um, negative connotations of people. You know, so um, it takes all of us. But one person can ignite the change, yes. Ray, recently in the news, um, there was a, a breakdown in the negotiations over the city's uh, trash contract with Republic. It ran out, and negotiations broke down in setting up a new contract, and they ended up with a, uh, a short-term, temporary 90-day agreement, and now it turns out that Republic doesn't want the gig. Some people are suggesting that maybe the city should uh, take trash collection in-house. Some are saying that's not fiscally feasible and that we should continue to outsource trash pickup. Who do you think should be picking up the trash in the city of Flint? Um, right now, uh, it's okay to outsource the contract, but in the meantime, we should be saving dollars towards the startup costs because let's be realistic. It's going to take a lot of money to start up buying new trucks, buying, um, getting workers, um, union jobs. It, there's a lot of startup costs to it. But what we can do is save for that. We can ignit, um, slowly um, weed in the process of getting our own company. But we can't just say, 
August 3rd, we're going to have a new trash company that's going to be run by the city of Flint because we have to get trucks. We have to get people to work. We have to get supervised. You know, there's a lot of things that goes into it. So I think in the long run, if we make this goal, this our plan, we can make a plan for it and basically um, do it. Yes, we should be able to um, do our own trash company. I wasn't um, in politics or engaged in the city. I was young when that happened, when we had our own. But as I'm told and I did my research, it was good. You know, so if it's good, hey, let's do it again. You know, let's keep it out for ourselves. But it would take a long process. But I'm ready to put in that process because we need to be ready for it. A lot of people have concerns about the staffing levels at the police department, and the chief recently suggested uh, running an experiment using a leased helicopter for three months to patrol the city. Um, what do you think of that idea? Um, it's a it's a tangible idea. I'm not against it, but I really what I really wanted to see. It's more officers on the ground because a helicopter in the sky can only do so much. You know, it's a good tool, but right now we need boots on the ground. We need police officers patrolling the streets. How about we use that $300,000 to do a hiring program? Hey, how can we get people out here? Increase our starting wages for our police officers. You know, uh, make it competitive towards other police departments because, you know, I met a police officer that uh, made more uh, just his tenure in has just started making the money um, per hour as other municipalities start out as, you know. So why not we just increase your wages? How about we just hire more officers, you know. Helicopters is okay. I, I'm fine with it later on. But now we need people in the detective bureau. We need police officers boots on the ground, patrolling streets, answering phone calls. We need a lot personnel, you know. Helicopters is fine. But I need, I want to see my six-word residents taken care of on the ground. And, um, answering phone calls and getting things back. Have you? Now you said you're pretty young. Have, you haven't run for anything before. Um, how are you going about the business of campaigning and convincing people to vote for you? Um, t Ms. Tom, uh, I am knocking on doors. This is I love knocking on doors. I've been into um, student government. I'm at the, I attend the University of Michigan Flint. Um, I was involved in student government. I was the vice chair of Senate, and I was a senator. I was elected to that office. Um, high school, I was in, in office, and I was serving on the Board of Education as a student representative. I'm fairly well with talking to people and, you know, campaigning a little bit in that nature, but on the municipality level, it's new. But I've kept the same principles I kept when I ran for office in high school and uh, in college now. Um, knocking on doors, talking to people, hearing them out. I'm ready to listen to the people, learn from the people, and legislate for the people. You know, what? so listening to people's concerns is my big thing. I love. And and what are you hearing? What are those concerns? What I'm hearing is, is some, the same thing that we hear all over the city. We have blight, crime. But another thing I'm hearing, my sidewalks are messed up. We have speeding. We have um, neighbors not applying to, uh, not keeping their yard up. We have, all I hear is, well, Flint used to be this great place. You know, Flint used to be this great place, but now we deteriorated. Now, what I try to do is I try to be optimistic because I am optimistic. I say we can get there, you know, but it takes all of us to do it. You know, it, it's not one person can change it all, you know, and uh, we have a good conversation. And, you know, you say, I believe in you. You know, I believe in you. I'm, I'm smiling. I'm No matter what comes, I'm smiling, knocking on doors, talking to people, saying, hey, we can do it together. You know, giving people hope, a sense of pride. Hey, hey we live in this community, but we can turn it around. 
do you think there could ever be a time when when economic development in Flint could create an environment where Flint could be self-sustaining without help from the state and the feds? There could be a time. There was a time back in history, you know. Um, there was a time. It just, we have to make our community a business-friendly community. You know, um, that's investing in our municipal services. That's the sewer, infrastructure. Um, we have police, crime, blight, and that nature. We have, as a community, because a community is what it accepts now. You know, so as a community, we need to band together. How can we fix one issue? How can we fix that? Make it seem like, okay, hey, businesses can come here. You know, don't nobody want to come into um, an area that's probably blighted or a crime-infested area because some businesses are afraid of getting robbed or um, just feel threatened, you know. So it takes as a community, us together, banding together. How can we solve this issue? How can we no longer say, no, we're not doing this. We're not accepting this in our community. So I believe there can be a time, but it only depends on the community. I can, I can just holler from the top of my lungs and advocate for it. But if the community do not want it, I can't, I can't do nothing about it. So my thing is, I'm trying to build a better and stronger community town. I want to be out here knocking on doors, constantly talking to, talking to people. If it went elected, I will be constantly talking to people, knocking on doors, getting people involved. Because that's what we need. We need community engagement. And doing that and seeing people just get involved. Oh, I'll tell you this quick thing. I connected a person to a black club. They didn't know they had a black club. You know, connecting people to black clubs, getting them involved, that is a start. You know, so I see it happening. I'm ready to see it happen. Hope it happens in, in the tenure of a council person, but I'm ready to keep going. I'm ready to see it happen. I know it can because the community ready for it. We just got to just be ready. What are some things that the Flint City Council could or should be doing to eradicate blight and deal with infrastructure and public safety in a way that would make Flint um, not only more attractive to its own citizens, but to uh, potential businesses that could maybe be job creators. Mm. Um, well, I would do. I would say this: no city council person is a police officer. No city council person is a blight enforcement. With as a city council, you're a legislator. You're allocating funds to different departments in that nature. So, in that case, you're advocate as well. Though, you know, um, we can increase the budget for um, the police department or the blight department. We can do that as a council person. But it then it falls on the administration part to enforce those things, do the things that's necessary. You know, so as a city council person, you can advocate as much as you want, as much as the residents need you to, call contact department heads, hey, how can we get this done, how can we do that? But as a legislator, your job is to allocate money, defend your residents, answer phone calls, making sure that residents' needs are met. So I'm ready to put more money into the police department, to blight, I'm ready to do it but it's going to take more than just doing. We need community involvement. So as an advocator, as a council person, you're advocating for your residents. You're getting residents involved. Hey, how can you help join the city of Flint um, Blight team? Well, hey, how can we help you join the police department? You know, if you want to serve the community, you can serve in that capacity because we need hires, you know. So I'm not going to say one council person or the council can do it all because, you know, the council person is a legislator. You know, you can advocate and um, voice your opinions and everything that nature, but... It do falls onto the administrative branch on that side after you've done your part of allocating money. Well, in in uh, any any kind of legislative body uh, that's considering a, a proposal before them, there are two questions that that always need to be asked: Who cares, and how do you pay for it? 
Um, yep. Where's the money going to come from? Flint is clearly a cash-strapped city. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, um, we have uh, the new COVID dollars. We can try to see that. We have guidelines with that. You know, I would not promise and say, well, we can use those COVID dollars. We're going to use those. But the reality is there's guidelines to it. You know, um, it takes us to be creative as a municipality and as a community being creative with these dollars. Hey, how can we put this towards that? Um, there's already municipalities already using the COVID dollars for police. Um, and that nature, they were creative in putting that towards that. And some for blight. You know, um, we have that, that gift. You know, let's utilize it to its capacity. You know, and starting revenue bases, trying to start up businesses, support small local businesses in that nature. Um, being a business-friendly community, because that draws in revenue when you have new businesses coming in. Um, home ownership as well, you know, advocating for home ownership, giving people opportunity to own homes, to pay taxes in that nature. You're building, you're building the community up. You know, um, so I don't have, like, the exact answer where money is coming from, but there's multiple things that we could look at into um, and trying to help increase the healthy tax base so we can um, sustain ourselves. How are people reacting to you as a candidate, being as young as you are, Teray? Um, Ms. Tom, they are... Thank you. I love it. They, they're <laughs> loving me so much. I'm not saying they're loving me, but they're loving that I'm trying... Because what I've been told, they say, I see so many young people just not doing nothing or they're defined by small, bad apples. You know, but she said, you're doing the work. You're trying to get out here, serve the community and that nature. And that's what I like doing. I've, I've met a, a lot of group of older people, younger people, middle people, and we had good conversation. And they, they are, I'm optimistic. They trust and believe and say, hey, you optimistic, you got to do it. I'm going to support you. You know, um, it's all about serving the people, though. I'm not giving out of um, how can I put a loaded message that I'm going to do something that I know I'm probably not capable of. You know, it's simply serving people because council person job, any person in public office is a public servant. And that's the whole thing about serving people, making sure people are taken care of. And that's what I'm running on, leadership through service. A great leader must be a great servant first. So um, the people I've talked to knocking on doors and getting people involved, I've met more young people just encouraging them. I've been told I'm influential. You know, you're influencing me. You know, you're inspirational to me as well. You know, I'm going back to my old high school to say, hey, I'm doing this. You can get involved and seeing them intrigued. It's a blessing to me, Tom. It really is. Seeing people say, yeah, okay, I can believe in you. You know, I have the will and I'm, I'm, I'm eager to do it. No matter what comes, I am eager to see my city thrive. I want to see six world residents thrive. I want to see it all. I, I want to make make our city better than what it was, and make sure we're on the right track. Is is the, the fundraising, is funding your campaign a, a bit of a challenge? Um, No, not, not at all. Not, not at all. Fundraising is just fine. Um, I don't have a big fundraiser. I just have um, small donors that help out. I help out. My grandparents um, help out as well. Um, but everything is really taken care of. Um, Tom, everything is, I'm eager. Are you I'm, <laughs> the people believing in me, and they say, okay, how can I help you? You know, I said, well, you can give or you can volunteer with me in that nature, and they do. You know, are, uh, are, you doing a, um, are you doing literature and yard signs and all that kind of stuff? Yes, I have my yard signs. If a six-world resident is listening now, you can go to my Facebook page, uh, at Electoray. Um, send me a message. I, um, I will drop it off personally for you. We can have a conversation then. I have a yard signs. I have literature. I've been, I've been out since June 1st, uh, time of talking to people, knocking on doors, dropping literature off, engaging with um, people, and... That, that's been the blessing to me. It's been the, I've been smiling and cheesing. I feel optimistic. 
um, people saying, yes, I, I appreciate young people. I have a, right now, I started out with a thousand. I'm having, I'm at a hundred cars, uh, right now. And I'm going to know a hundred cars by in about the next two weeks uh, until the election. So, um, everything is going good. I'm loving the energy that constituents is giving, um, no matter what it is, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time with this. I'm, I want to make sure um, our six war residents are served well. And yeah. Do you have uh, a website? Um, no website. I, I felt that if people look up Trey King Jr. for six war city council on Google, you can see the Facebook page. You can have a direct contact to me. Um, everything is on the, um, my Facebook page who I am. I frequently pose questions to myself or someone else asks me questions. I will give a quick Q and a, on my um, Facebook page. Um, it's a messenger thing. You can message me right there. I'm quickly responding. Um, my team is quickly responding as well. Um, ready to go. Um, we're just, we're almost out of time, Teray, but thank you so much for spending this time with me uh, and the thank listeners you. this morning. And in the remaining uh, couple of minutes, do you have any final thoughts you want to share? Yes. Uh, Tom, Mrs. Sumner, I appreciate you for giving me the invite to um, talk on to today's show. Um, also, Councilman Winfrey told me to tell you hi. And um, <laughs> well, when you see him, that. when you see him, huh? tell him I returned it and said hi, Herb. We'll do, sir. We'll do, sir. But to all the six world residents into the city of Flint, you know, uh, we can come back. We will come back. You know, it's all about leadership. Um, a great leader is a great servant, and I'm running to serve the people. I'm ready to listen to the people, learn from the people so I can better legislate for the people. Um, this is a continuing fight with all of us together. I'm not running for um, my self-glory. I'm running to serve people. I want to make sure our tax dollars are brought back to us in good service. I want to serve in the same manner in which I like being served, and that's good service, answering phone calls, um, connecting resources to the constituent. That's what I want to see our city do. You know, I'm ready to see our city thrive to a good way. But, Mr. Tom, I, Mr. Um, Tom, I really appreciate you for, um, for the invite, though. Well, Tere, thanks thanks again, and keep up the good work. Good luck to you. Thank you. I appreciate you, sir. Take care. Again, that was Tere King, one of uh, four city council candidates from the 6th Ward that I talked with today. They're uh, running um, to replace uh, Herb Winfrey on the uh, Flint City Council from the 6th Ward. Herb decided not to uh, run for re-election, so it is an open seat, as they say. And uh, that is the fourth of uh, six wards that we're um, going to be featuring on the Tom Sumner program coming up Thursday, Ward 7, and Friday, Ward 8. And we're trying to get all of the candidates that you will see uh, on your ballot in the... Uh, August 3rd primary on the program. Uh, coming up tomorrow, of course, we won't be doing city council candidates. We'll have armchair politics. Mark Everson will be joining our roundtable regulars for uh, two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, and national uh, headlines in politics and current events. Uh, Mark Everson is a uh, former head of the IRS and uh, served in high-ranking governmental official uh, capacities under two presidential administrations. So be sure and tune in for that. Also, the first hour tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk with uh, author uh, Jared Knott 
about his book called Tiny Blunders, Big Mistakes. That should be a really fun conversation. And then we're back to the city council on Thursday. In the meantime, we're going to take a short break and uh, let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in. And we'll be back with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them, in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. 
where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Somewhat in the nature of an encore, here are some extended remarks of the junior senator from Arizona, Barry Goldwater. My colleagues in this great party, no campaign could get rolling without some slogans. Words to quicken the patriotic pulses of the people and get them steamed up to go out and elect Goldwater. You'll notice that these slogans are set with the compass heading of the new frontier wagon train, and some of them may even strike terror in the heart of Mr. Khrushchev. Now, the first one I borrowed from my Texas friend while he wasn't operating his television station, Mr. LBJ. It merely reads, Forget the Alamo. gentlemen, some others that are equally inspiring. (laughs) Surrender hell. I have not yet begun to negotiate. (laughs) Or this one. Millions for defense, but not one cent for victory. And this one certainly will raise the hackles on the voters' hearts. 54-40, or a reasonable compromise. And one more. Damn the torpedoes were unilaterally disarmed. (laughs) My inaugural address will establish precedent by the same kind of brevity. When I am sworn in by Earl Warren, who will no doubt regard this act as a violation of his oath of office... tend to do is raise my hand and say, I do. I have some other notions that I shall reserve for my first State of the Union message. For example, I'm going to propose a constitutional amendment that any decision of the Supreme Court must make sense. I I know it'll be controversial, but I think it deserves an airing. Gentlemen, I suppose no acceptance speech would be complete without a reference to the candidate's background. Very simply, I think that I'm in the American tradition. Gentlemen, I was born in a hog cabin, which I had moved to Phoenix. (laughs) 
And except for some air conditioning, a swimming pool, a bowling alley, a bar, a shooting range, and a golf course, it remains the same simple log cabin it always was. Now, don't misunderstand me, gentlemen. I have nothing, absolutely nothing, against millionaire presidents. I'd just like to see the day return when people other than presidents can be millionaires, too. (laughs) And I might remind you, gentlemen, that I have another sterling quality. I have never hesitated with an answer. When anyone asks me how I stand on integration, I only have one answer. Where are you from? that you thought first of my name. I have every confidence with that all of you behind me, I could become another Alf Landon. <laughs> do your share, and I pledge you, I will do mine. Thank you. Thank you. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all of my guests, including uh, Tarek King this last hour and uh, just before that, talking with uh, Chris Del Maroney and uh, then we uh, heard a little earlier from Tanya Burns and we started out this morning with Claudia Perkins, all four candidates for the open seat on the Flint City Council from the 6th Ward, that primary coming up August 3rd. We'll have Ward 7 on Thursday and Ward 8 on Friday because tomorrow, of course, is uh, armchair politics. And we'll have our regular weekly roundtable. But so far, we've had all of the candidates that will appear on the August 3rd primary. I hope you uh, appreciate getting a chance to hear from these people. And uh, speaking of hearing from people, that's Smokin' George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hallway to the living room. But I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program, including our two-hour weekly roundtable armchair politics. So I hope you'll uh, join us for that. In the meantime, uh, have a great day, and I'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Good night, everybody. Sumner program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.